Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, we have to do that again. <laughs> it's because the water went down the wrong tube. Okay. Okay, so... Hi! Hi, I haven't seen you since yesterday. <laughs> I was about to be like, it's been so long. We haven't seen JP oh my goodness. in he, like four years. He grew a beard. It's because I called him Podcast Daddy, and then he yeah, was like, I stop. got a staff I member. Go. <laughs> He'll be at your recordings from now on. Uh, I was in Vancouver last week, Okay, and I... Uh, had coffee with the guy that my teabagging joke is about. Gross. Who I haven't seen in 10 <laughs> years. So he was the guy who sent me a book of poetry yeah. uh, and a teabag, and my mom assumed he yeah. was yeah. hoping for to teabag me, or do I teabag him? No, no, he, he teabags would, he me. Would do Thank that you too, so much. Yeah. Um, so I told him about the joke. And what did he say? It was really awkward because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. One. Whoa. <laughs> number one, he wanted me to make a mug of tea to drink while I, I read the poetry. Mm, so okay. he did not want to put his testicles in and out of my mouth, which I think is what teabagging is. It's, I don't want to have this conversation so with you. so glad we're kicking it it's, off it's, with testicles it could also be on your face go oh is that what it is i thought they go in and out do they just drop them on your face that's like you're you're, i don't want to talk about this but it's like you're you're dunking it dunking in the mouth If I listen to this episode, which we know I won't, and that's not in it, I'm going to be <laughs> so mad because I think that was probably our strongest start. That was the strongest start. Thank I you. I feel like people, especially in Ontario, where the sex ed curriculum oh, is yeah. getting slashed and burned right now. Come here now, Come folks. Come to us to hear Christina learn about Sex 101. What happened as a podcast about improv turned into turned Christina's, into Christina's sex education. single ladies sex education. Yeah, ladies, if a man sends you a teabag in the mail, it doesn't mean it he does wants to... It does not necessarily mean he wants to dunk his testicles in and out of your mouth. Um... He might want that. We don't. You should ask. You ask him. And then decide how you feel about that. That's like a fifth date ask, though. Did you ever send a tea bag to a lady? I would never do that. Oh, my God. Do you know what would have been a cute proposal story no. is if you sent <laughs> now? a tea no. bag to Sarah. But then when she opened it, it had a no, ring. and this. But the you know the string, the tea string I with the it. label? If you had that on the ring and it said, I want to tea bag you for life. Okay, men listening, if you ever want to propose to me, <laughs> that is my uh, you took, dream you, proposal. You just took all the romance out of my marriage. <laughs> the guy that I was proposed to, wait, who proposed to me? Yeah. Uh, he, so I lived on- Do you on, think the audience is sick of hearing about her <laughs> love life at this Again, point? Again, we want to let you know that we have been desired. <laughs> that is what I need every listener to know. I was once so desired a man thought- I'm going to marry her. Ladies, you might not be interested in me now, but you should know that in the past, people Someone did was. think about me in a long-term way. That is going to be my Tinder bio. Yeah. I was proposed to once, so yeah. at least they know that like some guy out there was like, she ain't bad. All this to say, I lived on Vancouver Island, and he lived in Vancouver, so we spent a lot of time on the ferry. Mm-hmm. And the ferry ride from the island to the mainland is beautiful. beautiful. It's like you can go out on the deck. You see the ocean. Mm-hmm. He proposed in the car while waiting for the ferry to arrive. Like if he had yeah. waited 25 more minutes, he could have proposed on the ferry. Do you know what that's called? What? Premature. Um, oh, you can do it, Ryan. Focus, Ryan. Focus. Propose ejaculate. No. No, that was the <laughs> <opinion. laughs> Premature. I love when JP <laughs> takes full ownership <laughs> over the sound uh, effects. Wait, pre oh god, pre proposal ejaculation. No, it doesn't work. It, I'm it was, sure you'll you'll get there. Try I'm, to get there by the end of the, yeah, the episode. I will. Uh, anyway, he should have waited. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? Uh, You're good. almost a dad. Yeah. Uh, feeling feeling uh, frantic. You let me know four times the other day that you were at a spin class. So I know you're like a little nervous yeah. about. Let me tell you, folks, 
I was also in Vancouver. Christine and I, we didn't see each other. She was too busy, whatever. But I was what? at... Why go to another city to see someone yeah, that you see all the true. time in your current city? It it's makes true. no sense to yeah, me. Fr- I want to see Mr. T bad. Yeah, I'm sure. I hope that was good for you. It was not bad. <laughs> I went to a spin class in Vancouver. And I'm not bragging I went to a spin class. Yes, you are. But I am bragging slightly. I went to Soul Cycle. I hear it's just gosh darn hell. Oh my goodness, everybody. It is an experience and you should go. You don't just, knock it till you try it. That's my philosophy. It was like a religious experience. I felt oh like I was my at. God, no, I hate um, you so much. Does everybody know what like Hillsong is? So Did you cry? was like a religious experience. Like, like, so the music was so good and the lights are dim. And in walks this teacher who has like abs for days. Yeah. And she's like, a, like so fit. She's so fit. She is a soul cycle instructor. Yeah. And she, and she's like, hi, everybody. And she, she just radiates goodness. And obviously she's hot, but she radiates goodness. Do you feel like I radiate goodness? You radiate uh, a different type of goodness. What the, What does that mean? <laughs> a less no, attractive goodness? No, ra- a less fit goodness? You radiate like uh, a frantic energy <laughs> of self-doubt. AKA goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, she gets on the bike and she's like, who's ready to... Make their life better today. Oh my god! I and hate I'm like this me so much. <laughs> and anyway, so it was like wild. It was so fun. I had a like the lights are dim. She set up candles in front of bikes. Just bike outside. And then she did this move with her body. I've never seen anybody do this, this on was a bike. Wild. Yeah. You, so she, I, I'm using my hands, but she has two feet in the in the on the pedals. So she's riding a bike. She's riding a bike. And mid-riding, she lifts one foot out of the bike and does the air splits. So her foot is down and her other leg is up in the air doing the splits. And then she starts dragging it on the back of the mirror as though I'm going to say she's taken either a pole dancing class or an exotic dancing class because it was like a stripper move. And was she looking for you to do that as well? No, she just was encouraging us that... We too someday could aspire to Is be like her. Is that what she her. said, or did she no, just she, do it with she just no did words? It. She just did it, and I, I was into it. No, folks, <laughs> no. Go if you have a chance. Well, you were doing Soul Cycle in Vancouver. I uh, went to this little island for an adult learning retreat. <laughs> there was. Did anybody do uh, what could be a pole dance or exotic dance move? I went to bed every night very early, but I imagine yes. Yeah, like yeah. there was a lot of like hot, sexy, single digital organizers who were like progressive and from across the country. And there's two hot tubs by the ocean. Like oh, things wow. probably happen. But this gal was asleep by eight. I mean, progressive politics is sexy. It's so hot. No. So I uh, went to this conference. Highly I, consensual. I highly consensual and <laughs> sexy. And uh, it was like my boss emailed me today. It was very valuable. It was a very good thing for me to go to. Great training. But it was also like so funny and so hippy dippy. And my boss today emailed me being like, oh, you need to write a report about your week there. Because I was gone for a full week. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe like the fact that the first day, 70 of us had to stand in a circle. And the facilitator was like, what I want you to do right now is I want you to take your cool card out of your back pocket. And everyone had to mime taking their card yeah, out. Yeah. And then he's like, I want you to rip it up <laughs> and I want you to throw it in the ocean. Because here it's not about being cool. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being personable. It's wow. about connection. Wow. And then every day we stood in a circle and sang songs together. This is what JP makes us do every time we come to the studio. I take out life <laughs> to move me. Oh, wow. I want life to stir me deep. And there was like actions. So when so I don't know how to write. You this went to word. a Bible camp. Okay, that okay. The weirdest thing. It was really great. It was a super cool experience. I learned a lot about like what I actually do for a living. But there was also like a huge chunk of it was this like really like Bible camp esque stuff. It was like Bible camp mixed with like doing an improv workshop. Yeah. Like we did this game where they're like, okay, everyone, shut your eyes. If you're tapped once. You can open your eyes, but you can't move. And if you're tapped twice, you can open your eyes and do whatever you want to do. Is this a sex game? 
No, I hope not. Because. Do you think people had... Uh, my eyes were shut the whole time, so I don't really know what happened. But then afterwards, they were like, okay, if you had your eyes tapped... If you were tapped once, tell me how that felt. And people like got riled up. They're like, it was so hard to watch people that had all the power not do anything. Wow. It's like, if I had been tapped twice, I would have done all these things. And they just stood there frozen. And then people who were tapped twice were like, hey, man, it's because I was like overwhelmed with like stress about what to do. And like people were really into it. But I was like, oh, this is an improv workshop. <laughs> and your eyes were closed. You're like, who's talking like, right now? What's going? Am I a tree? <laughs> Work events are always, I'm like, there's some that are, yeah, less awkward, but I just find them. I used to work in an organization that celebrated everybody's birthday, like militantly, and they would always pass it. Like, we don't use file folders for shit, except for when we're passing around a birthday card in a file folder to be like, don't show Ryan, this is his birthday card. And so you see a file folder, you're like, obviously that's for me. I have avoided signing any cards at work. How? Just I don't do it. Like usually like I, my office door shut. I'm not a social person at work. That's weird to me. I know. I just, I feel like I give so much goodness in other areas of my <laughs> life. I need to store it up so I'm very antisocial at work. So my door's usually shut. So usually when they're walking around with the card, they're like, oh, Christina's really busy working. Thank you so much. <laughs> And uh, then they'll send an email being like, oh, has anyone like not signed so-and-so's birthday card or whatever it is? And then I just ignore it. I, that's probably makes me a horrible person. Yeah, people will look through and see. Oh, Christine. But like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you, I also just think I hate getting cards. Though. I throw them out. I don't want to keep it. No. I also, nothing pisses me off more when somebody sends me a card and they expect me to be like moved by the poetry in the card. they didn't write it. They didn't write it. And then they just sign their name and they're like, yeah, but did you read it? I was like, well, you didn't write it. What do I care if like some, Uh, (laughs) don't send me non-personalized cards at Either this way, point, just don't send you a card. <laughs> Either way, it was. I worked at a card store yeah. for a year before getting semi-fired. Did you get fired? I wasn't good at the job. No, but it was also I can't a imagine reti- you yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just didn't take it very seriously. It was my first ever like real job, I think. And there was these two really, have I not talked about this? It was in our really shitty town mall. You talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And there was these two. So there was a card store. And then across the hall, there was a sports clothing store. And these two guys, Tanner and Marshall, worked there. And I had like. Were they hot? Oh, my God. At the time, yes. (laughs) One of them, still yes. (laughs) Let me guess. Marshall, Tanner. I'm not going to name. What if they're listeners? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> we don't know where our sure. listeners are from. Sure, sure, sure. But they would like, we would do like cute little pranks to each other where it'd be like they would steal something from my store and it would, they would see how long it took me to notice and I would steal something from their store and then we'd just like laugh about it. And then one time we had a milk chugging competition and one of them puked on the carpet of my store and I was like, oh, my God, you're so cute. Oh, my God, it's Tanner. Now I have to clean that up. You- it was Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know them. I do know them because I know those guys. But like we had this, this. I would arrange the little like figurines in sexual positions. Yeah, like the what were those called? Precious memories. Precious memories. Yeah, and there's the willow ones or something. Oh wow! Yeah, fancy. We had, you know, <laughs> fancy small town BC. Hello. Um, so now I got kind of fired. Yeah. My first job was I worked at a grocery store and mm-hmm. I bagged groceries mm-hmm. and. I was so I spent all my money on food that I would buy in the grocery store. And so over my lunches, I would buy corn dogs, Ooh. like four of them. And I, I owned a mustard container that I kept in the fridge and I just put <laughs> mustard on them and I ate them every break. And I probably hurt my heart a lot because then when I worked at Why Costco corn? later, in, you worked at Co- I hear that's a really great place to work. Sure. Whatever. I also <laughs> ate a lot of hot dogs when I worked at Costco. <laughs> I didn't know I liked hot dogs that much until right now, because in my life, I've had a ton of corn dogs, which are just deep fried hot dogs. Yeah. With, with cornbread on them, yeah, right? Yeah. I, uh, my brother worked at a grocery store in Texas and he got fired for making the, he, he worked in the, the meat area making hot dogs. And they were like, Matt, you're making those dogs too big. 
And he like we have to let you go. (laughs) So we got fired. Oh, poor guy. I know he'll be okay. How's your sister? She's, you know, she's good. Good. Got bigger boobs. Good for her. (laughs) Living her best life. (laughs) I go home next week for the first time in two and a half years. Wow. I know. So excited. My like niece. The last time I saw her, I think she was like. Four and now she rides she's dirt like bikes. Forty. <laughs> she's <laughs> married. Has a book out. <laughs> My absent aunt. Yeah. Is what yeah it's clearly. Uh, um. Do you got like what else is? I just I, catch I, cat go. <laughs> my body is changing a lot. You oh, mentioned me okay. being a dad, and it's really playing games with my head. I don't know, JP. You look great, but <laughs> I last week. This is blowing. I had to take in three different pairs of pants to get changed for my changing body. Like you're losing weight? I'm gaining weight. I you think. Had to, but no, you just said you took in three pairs. Oh, uh, like you took them to a store. A, a, I pictured you sewing and taking no, them in. No, they have been taken out. <laughs> uh, one, the crotch ripped. I don't know how that happened. I just feel like you're just bragging. Do I just have a big crotch? (laughs) Uh, Second, uh, just I can't. (laughs) So these pants have been my rely. I called them like my trusty. No, I didn't call them that. But they're so reliable. And then they (laughs) I wore them one day and they're so tight around my waist. The flap for the fly sprung open and my fly, although it was zipped shut, was fully visible. So it looked like my fly was open. I was so self-conscious all day. It looked um, like I looked crazy. <laughs> so I had to take those in. Like three pairs of pants. What do you think? You're just, your body is changing. I eat way less hot dogs than I used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yet I'm gaining weight. It's not good timing because I'm already like, oh, as soon as you become a dad, like you're less sexy. You're going to be fine. Say sexy. You're going to be so good. <laughs> say, say it out loud. You have such a goodness to you. It's like on Twilight when he's like, say I'm a vampire. Say it out loud. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. But like, I still got it, right? I am so happy for you. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, I'm going to get these. One of my friends did go, I think Ryan's cute. (laughs) What? So you're welcome. (laughs) Oh my god, Ryan legitimately can't talk. He's taking a sip of water. He needed that more than any of us could have for well, now. You you tell her that I'm Okay, don't drop tell your her voice. That I'm married, but uh, I'm flattered. And Oh my god. Or what Yeah. You just tell her that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to need that real bad when Do I Do you want me to record it for you at some point? Like one of my friends thinks you're cute. She also like, used the word cute. I don't know where that yeah, fits yeah. on your sexy scale. No, cute's not good. Well, uh, it's not bad. What did like when you were single and dating yeah, so yeah. long ago? Yes, many. Like, yeah. did people describe like were women like, oh, you're hot, or were they like, you're attractive, or were they like, you're good? Like, they all have a different. Eh, to uh, them. They would say, Ryan, it's like you're my my older sister, just looking to watch out for me. Ryan, you're you're like my my good friend. I uh, <laughs> you know a lot of that stuff. It's like I didn't really I have, finally have a brother. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of people saying like, mm, "Yes, daddy." Oh my god. Stop <laughs> it. That is so gross. I, yeah, so I didn't have that. So that's fine. Um uh I kind of went on like a, a not real date. I had internet girlfriends. Sorry, you're okay, done with no, me. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I had internet girlfriends. Go ahead. And how did they describe you? Uh it's nice to talk to somebody <laughs> who, who I really can't listens. see. <laughs> Uh, I so we have had him on the podcast before, Andrew Wambolt. Wambolt, yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh, he's like your I mean, friend. I do need to learn his name because I do think we're dating now. Yeah. Um. No. So I took him out for dinner for his birthday the other night. That's nice. Of you. Uh, it was very sweet of me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just have you know a goodness, and uh, I thought it was going pretty well. Like I had yeah. done my hair nice. I yeah. dressed up a bit. We all saw the Instagram pics. He brought me flowers. Oh, okay. I was for- like, this is a very cute fake date. And then halfway through the date, he was like, like, do you uh, feel the saliva in your mouth? And I was <laughs> like, what? And he was like, it's just like, I've, you have so 
much saliva <laughs> that it like comes out the corners of your mouth when you talk. And now I can't stop feeling it. It was like something I was able to ignore for my whole Don't look at it. I can't not now. <laughs> I'm just looking to see if any saliva slips so out. So for the rest of the night, I had to, every time before I talked, I just had just to like <laughs> be safe that it wouldn't, it like he described it as bubbling out of my mouth. So same question to you. When you were like dating, <laughs> yeah. how did people describe you? Uh, <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's good to laugh again after my last devastating relationship. <laughs> oh my God, sweetie, you know, this isn't a date, right? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I usually, if a guy's like commenting on my appearance, it's usually like, oh, you have really nice dimples or like, oh, you're cute. I never get like, oh my god, you're. I have. I don't think any uh, man in my whole entire life has been like, hot. Damn, you're hot. Um, I've said you've looked stunning before. To me, yeah. I just don't think I believed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, do you? When you're like an awkward teenager and somebody says you're hot, like I don't mean those popular kids that never had acne and their teeth were good their whole lives. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean those. those fuck those people. I fuck mean when em. you're awkward. Hey, JP's like, wait a second. We have hardship too. But anyway, when you're the awkward person, yeah, and then somebody says you're hot, it's like. Holy, Holy shit. shit. <laughs> like I we're married now. Yeah. I, that, in my pants I did that. I and reggae the, horned in my pants. So now we know what it's called now, yeah. the reggae horn. Yeah. I think I said reggae weird. Yeah, you're you didn't say it like a Jamaican. <laughs> you said it like a suburban mother. <laughs> I'm just listening to some reggae kids. Uh yeah, I I can't even, I'm trying to picture how I would have reacted to um, a guy calling me hot in high school. And I think I would have just freaked, freaked out. the frick out yeah, and tough. probably like wiped the saliva off my <laughs> mouth and been like, blow job. <laughs> no, I mean, in that case, anyway, uh, <laughs> should we do... Was that funny? Was that funny? How do we feel about the things we just talked about? Was that like a good banter? A weak banter? It was good. I just like to evaluate how we're doing. The other day someone listened to our podcast. It was my friend Alexa, who she says we don't give her enough shout outs. Okay. She's an avid listener. What up, what up, what up? What up? She, um, oh God, I can feel the saliva. I know, I'm looking at you. <laughs> it's, so it's really distracting. I know! I can't unspeel it! <laughs> oh my God, I hope Doug never finds out. No, I hope. Because then he'll never unsee it, and then he's going to break up with me, and I can't be single saliva do you, girl. Do you ever think about, like, just rolling up a few cotton balls <laughs> and keeping them in your cheeks? I just don't understand why ha I <laughs> have be more... Cute. It'd be like a cute little puppy. I just don't understand why I have more saliva than the average person. Throw them in the ocean. Wait, yeah, when she said tear up your cool car, you should have been like... Honey, I I, never, I've never had that. So can I? I'm just picking up <laughs> yeah. other people. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank you. That um, Mindy's cool card. Oh my god, oh she's my so god. cool. Okay, let's go into what's that funny? No, I feel like okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much saliva. I'm trying to suck it in. Thank you, JP. <laughs> It's like he wants a producer credit. <laughs> so bad. So <laughs> desperate. All right, Christina, have you seen anything that's funny? I have been watching things. Uh, I watched, oh my God, it was so much. I'm so sorry, listeners. Is this. Can we get a cotton ball in here? It's like, I keep wanting to be like. Um, I watched the Netflix original film, Someone Great. Have you seen it? No. It has Gina something from Jane the Virgin and one of the girls from um, Pitch Perfect. Okay. It's uh, about a- Oh, the girl who's going through a breakup? Yeah, it's really good. Is I it? really liked it. I think I was in the right mood for it uh, as someone who just recently went through a breakup. Okay. But like her and this guy are together for like five years. They think they're soulmates. 
it's perfect, 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 blah, blah, blah. But you kind of see the disintegration of the relationship. And then she gets a job in San Francisco. So he's like, I'm not moving with you. So they break up. And then the movie kind of picks up the next day where she's grieving it with her two girlfriends and then decide to go out hard that night. Okay. But there's like flashbacks to the relationship. And I just found it to be a very one honest portrayal of like women friendships and just friendship in general. Thought that was very good. And then also like a very true to reality portrayal of like how a great relationship can end. And that's okay. Yeah. Was it really sad? It looked sad. Uh, the ending surprised me and how realistic it was. Oh my God. So they get back together. I'm not telling you, but I was surprised <laughs> by how true it was. Okay. And was it funny? Yeah. There's some really fun. Cause it's also like, it's grounded in this very like raw portrayal of like, this is who she thought she was going to be with forever. Yeah. And you kind of see through these flashbacks, how the relationship changes once they both like are out of school and pursuing their careers yeah. and all of these things. So that's kind of sad because she's going through a breakup, but the friendship party stuff is very funny. Yeah. And the acting is great. It's very good. I'm I saw watch it again. I saw the preview of it and I was like, this looks really good. Yeah. I was talking to friends about the other day and there I like resented the ending, but also was like, no, that was good. Okay. Like yeah. on how we met your mother. I resent that ending. And it was bad. It was bad. I rewatched that whole series a while ago and I don't know why because the ending is so they spent I know we've talked about this. We don't need to go to How but do they you spend do so much so time long. building Barney up to have been a changed person and then they just ruin him in like three minutes of flash forwards. And, and then you build it up to be like, Oh my goodness, everybody want watching wanted to meet the mom. <sighs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, none of that mattered because here this other person that actually kind of manufactured that relationship. Yeah, they never made sense together. <sighs> it's like for me how Ross and Rachel end up together in Friends. And we've also talked about this, but yeah. to me, they don't make any sense. They're not going to last. And she should have been with Joey. She should have been with Joey. I know. That's apparently an unpopular opinion. Um, you also watched another uh, movie um, called Always Be My Maybe. Always Be oh, My Maybe. Oh, my God. It is. So good. Yeah. I just rewatched it yesterday because I have no friends. And uh, it's not true. She's really popular. It was. Thank you. Uh, sexy and popular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to lose. Listeners. You're going to see a stand up set just of you just slurping. Me. I'm going to be like, before I start, let's clear this up. Um, have you seen Always Be My Maybe? I no, I did not. OK. It's one so good. It is. A next, it's so funny. It's so cute. It like hits every spot you want a rom com to hit, and it hits it hard. <laughs> and uh, I hate talking about things. No, I'm bad it, at this. It hit it hard. It hits it hard. But Keanu Reeves, Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I have watched his part of that movie probably ten times. Because it's funny. It is. So good. It's so funny. I talked about it at work with a coworker for 20 minutes to the point that another coworker was like, thanks for spoiling it. And I was like, no, I like I could talk about that scene for hours and hours and it will never fully capture how good he is. My only worry is, and this isn't really a spoiler because, you know, she doesn't end up with him. But like in the end of his sort of like stint in the movie, you're supposed to be like, oh, he's an asshole. She shouldn't be with him. And I was still like, I'm fully on board <laughs> like he, for me the character arc did not get to asshole i was like he is the sweetest man he's having a moment hey it seems like he's on all the he social media stuff back. did you know that i was watching an ellen clip on youtube okay because again i lack in friends <laughs> and uh when he was doing she was like did you know that sandra bullock had a crush on you when you guys did speed together and he was like no i had a crush on her could you those two together? I'm not really compelled by either of them. What? I find him kind of boring. Like what? You need to watch this movie. Because also, apparently, <laughs> he's just such a fan of hers, like Ali Wong. That's who was in it, yeah, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, he asked to be in, he was like, oh, I would love to cool. be in your movie. That's cool. And, the, oh my God, no, you will love him after you watch that's this. That's really cool. Um, how did Sandra Bullock win an Oscar for Blindside? Am I right? <laughs> she won... An Oscar. Come to see, for, talk to scene partner. Listen to scene partners for cutting edge pop culture for, reflections. She just like had a southern accent and was like, no, he's part of our family. This boy we adopted. And you're like, eh. <laughs> this is it. 
This conversation should have happened so long ago. <laughs> I was mad then in 2010 if or whatever. If anyone ever asks you, okay, so man, you find a time machine, right? And you can go back. <laughs> this is the one. one. I want to go back to a time where my opinion on Sandra Bullock winning an Oscar for Blindside is a relevant comment yeah. at a party. Yeah. Actually, I would have, if I could do one Oscar back in time go moment, ahead. it would be to uh, Moonlight. I would make it them say the right Oscar that Moonlight won it. Oh. Because they said La La Land instead for Best Picture. So if you uh, found just go help an Oscar-specific time machine. Yeah, Oscar-specific. You would go back and be like, wrong envelope. Yeah, like, guys. That is so giving Double check. You. I would go back and watch Triple the year check. Billy Crystal hosted for the second time, because I think he's very funny. I, I I really like him. This is a new fun game. <laughs> what do you like about the Oscar? <laughs> time machine. Or I would go back to the year that... Um, Anne Hathaway and James Franco were hosting, and I'd be like, "Don't do yeah, it! Don't! It's, it's <laughs> not! It's not good! It's not going to be good for either no. of your careers." Also, James Franco, you're disgusting. A dingus. That's the harshest. I also just felt bad for Anne Hathaway the year she won, and everyone was like, "She's so fake!" Blah blah blah. Oh my god, she she was in Les Mis. <laughs> she did a fantastic job. You can't compare Anne Hathaway. I know, but everyone was like, she did such a fantastic, she deserved to win, but she like hammed it up like she didn't think she was going to win. They should have given her an Oscar for Devil Wears Prada because she had to act with that dude, uh, Adrian, what's his face? Oh, he's so hot. He's a horrible actor. No, he's not. Have you ever seen that movie Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart? No. uh, He's really good in it. It's weird because they kind of end up together, but so do their parents. So they're kind of becoming step-siblings and dating at the same time. You've talked about that? (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) We need to dedicate a whole episode to can you have sex with your step-sibling? I don't know. (laughs) Nobody knows. My thing is if you've... I think... Because I have thought about this and I know we've discussed it. Maybe yeah. I'm changing my opinion. I don't remember what my other one was. But I think if you were dating before the parents got together, it's okay. But once you start dating after you've become step mm-hmm. siblings, siblings, I'm like, I don't know. That's consistent with your previous opinion. Oh, it is? Okay, know. good. Yeah. Thank you so I much. Remember you, um, <laughs> I remember. Sometimes I worry. another one that you always talk about <laughs> uh, with Ryan Felipe and... Uh, oh, Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Ryan Philippi. Did you call him Ryan Felipe? Okay. Is that his Listeners, name? write in if it's Ryan... Philippi. Philippi or Ryan Felipe. It is not Felipe. I'm just Someone saying... Someone look up a YouTube introduction <laughs> of Ryan Philippi. Oh, that was like when people were saying Ariana Grande, and in a, she's never corrected people, but in an interview, she was like, oh, Ariana... She said, oh, my grandy family. No, her name, no. It's not Grande, like Starbucks is Grandy. His like. name is definitely Ryan Philippi. It is definitely not Ryan Philippe. Ryan Philippi. Thank you! That's an unofficial there YouTube is, video. No, there is I no appreciate way. JP being right on the ball, His though. name is Ryan <laughs> Philippi. I'm sorry, what have you been watching? Ryan Philippi. Thank you, everyone. Ryan they- Philippi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now look, now do that for Ariana Grande. <laughs> Ryan Philippi. <laughs> okay, guys. He I'm sounds like Ryan robots. I don't, know if, no. I don't know if robots <laughs> understand the intonation. Oh, Ariana Grande or Ariana Grande? Yes. My grandpa said Grandy. So uh, should we all be saying Grandy? Well, my brother kind of changed it to Grande because, like, Grandy was kind of like the, like, I guess Americanized version of it, you her know? Her voice is so like made sexy. it more like, you know, chill. Yeah, do you like, think whatever. that's her normal voice? Like, we should say grande. It's so fun to like say it. It's like funny. It's like a funny name. Oh, okay. Grandpa. So but she I wants us to say grand, grande. I grew up saying grandy, and I think of my grandpa, and I wish I said grandy more. Oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah. Could you imagine having her voice? Like, not oh, her singing voice so like sexy. Ken, but like just her talking voice. Hey. Yeah, so when you said your friend said that I was cute, I think that's probably as close as I can get. That's so hot. Okay, <laughs> so we got Someone Great. Yeah. Love Island. Yeah. Watch them. Love them. Send us an email. We know you're not. Fuck you. <laughs> so this is like a big pleasure for me because you and I have known each other, known of each other, performed around the same shows. But never 
sat down for a conversation. Like boats in the wind. <laughs> like boats in the wind. Uh, everybody, I have a special guest, Mike Koswan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you'll probably notice a lack of Christina. Uh, Mike, we're just going to power this through. Okay. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks yeah. for coming to hang out with us. Well, thanks for well, having JP me. Well, JP and me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the space. It's yeah, nice. it's awesome it's in clean. here. I like it. <laughs> so people who don't know you, let's give them a, a primer on, on, on Mike Koswan. You've been improvising for a long time in, in Ottawa. Yeah, about 10 years or so, give 10 or take. Years. Were you like the improv kid going through high school? Like, what was your what was your introduction? Well, yeah, I start with the CIGs, so Canadian Improv Games. Yeah. So that was my introduction or my, uh, you know, the first point of yeah. of the drug of improv to to get into it and uh it just kind of sprung from there so okay. i went on to university ottawa u uh they didn't have an english improv club at the time so me and some friends started it oh awesome and uh it's grown and blossomed from there and it, it's carrying on and keeps going on its own which is cool and and now you teach right you when when did you start teaching uh, i started teaching uh, three years ago maybe okay. give or take uh, yeah at the ottawa acting company I started doing their intro to improv as well as doing some uh, more advanced classes and uh, and then some showcase kind of ones, getting people ready for their first time on stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never I've never taught, so I'm genuinely curious. uh, It's neat to figure out like you see uh, like how people think more so uh, because you're analyzing. Okay, how did they come to this conclusion? How can I help them uh, learn different conclusions or figure out? how to expand like their knowledge. Cause you can see them like, Oh, they keep doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. They're clearly yeah. comfortable uh, putting a hat on their head. That's no, there's no mime hat right there, yeah, but that's yeah. what they do when they're nervous. All right. So don't <laughs> no more hats and, uh, and uh, listen to your partner more. Like yeah. you just, I find it's more building confidence. You actually have yeah. to get people out of their own head to realize that the less thinking you do, the better you'll be. It's the you, more listening. You probably get to see, people transform so like yeah you, you kind of have to unlearn a lot of things because like most people are taught that there's a right and wrong answer to all drama and all things yeah, yeah. and then you're like no well we're making up the answers we're actually in control complete control of what our answers are yeah with the uh, here yes and giving offers stuff like that yeah so you see them like mentally break down being wait i I can't really make a mistake if everyone's supporting me. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, yeah, here. Well, oh, well, I have a hamburger. And then you have a hamburger. And everyone gets this <laughs> amazing empowerment being like, I'm being creative. But I, but it's so easy. But yeah, I work for the was, government. Yeah. How do I do this? <laughs> Can I do more of this? Yeah. yeah. I, it was like a drug. Like, as soon as I got past that first class and I went back, I just... And, and then you get your first laugh, even if mm-hmm. it's your classmates, but in front of an audience, too you want to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and I find it breaks down comedy to that. It, it is easy in a sense that anyone can do it. Everyone is funny. Those conversations you have in a coffee yeah. shop or with a couple beers at the end of the night with some friends at a bar, uh, they laugh at you and, yeah. and you laugh at them. And yeah. we're, we're all comedians at heart. It's yeah. just uh, who wants to pursue that and develop it? Cause it is a, it's like any other muscle or skill that you just, the more you do it, the better you get. And I like that about, and you kind of mentioned that the team or everybody's doing this together. What I love about improv is it's not as we don't really advertise like this, but it's a team sport. Oh yeah. It's all about teamwork. And I don't know if you've done stand up, but the difference, biggest difference for me that I just like kept me going back was I could go and feel like everybody was on wanting me to succeed. And I in turn wanted them to succeed. Yeah. Not like standups different, but you're kind of all pulling towards the same goal with improv. Like everybody's really like, Oh, on a, on a good mature team, you're thinking, I want to set this person up for a joke. Yeah. I want to set them up to do what they do best. And yeah, that's just like, or sometimes challenge them. Cause you know, like, for oh, sure. and they're doing so- oh, they're really good at singing, but I know this guy is. And so we're going to challenge them and your audience will love you for it. Yeah. Like it's because uh, like, even if you fail or succeed, you still win because they're having a good time. Yeah. And and when you get that trusting relationship on a team, like you've been on a team for, for quite some time now, performing with the same same people, yeah, right? Yeah, I've been performing with uh, Grimprov for uh, eight years. Yeah, Grimprov is one of the lo- longest troops I, I, I know of. Yeah. Yeah. And so you obviously have a, a high degree of trust. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, just recently, uh, I think the last show... I finally got uh, Drew to crack by, um, he was going to ride a snake 
and I and I and he was miming it, so I just put my hand right under up there, yeah. right there, and got a good laugh. And he got a little shocked and went like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> this is happening." Yeah. yeah, and he went there, and now he's gonna yeah, and we did the scene, and uh, he kept a straight face as much as he could. I so, love it. Yeah, yeah and, and see, folks. Yeah, put <laughs> your hand. <laughs> trust is about putting your hand in other people's nether regions. Yeah, with consent. It, it's it's so funny because I. I made it, I was taking a class and I, I had performed already with Christina and, mm-hmm. and Melissa enough where I was really comfortable with them, but I was taking a class of people that didn't know me. And I, I made a stupid joke in warm up of like, these people don't know that I'm, I mean, hopefully, but they, they don't know that I'm not a creeper. They don't know that I'm not some jackass trying to like throw them under the yeah. bus. And the teacher stopped us and I just felt like, so she's like, you know, maybe, maybe later in the, like once you get to know each other and I was like, oh shit. Like I, I felt so bad that I, but it's, there's something that when you perform with people that you know really well and you know, like, like we've have people that we perform with and they're like, oh, I don't like jokes about this. I don't like jokes about this. And I have this in my head. So I can put them in really awkward situations, but I'm not going to do the, you know, the three things they've said. Hey, please, you know, oh, I'd yeah, rather yeah. not be in those situations. Completely break their trust is never yeah. a good idea for teamwork. <laughs> but but it's also liberating, too, when you when you have that level of trust, like they mm-hmm. know they can throw me under the bus in, you yeah, know, I've been many thrown situations. under many buses. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes you come out on top, sometimes you don't. But like because if you worked with the same individuals enough times, you know that it's all about them either challenging you. Because, uh, like, I, I think it always goes back to that follow the fear idea that yeah. uh, the, the, <laughs> at the beginning of improv, if you're scared of doing it, and maybe you should try doing it and you can get over it. Yeah. And then there's a certain point where the fear, um, it, it it's no longer really there when you're working with the same people. Yeah. And then so they try to give you that fear yeah. as a nice gift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The it's, gift of it's fear. a terrifying gift, but they give it to you and you get to have fun with it and you get over other things that you never thought would scare you. Yeah. Uh, like performing it from my mom. It scares me. Yeah, I've had my parents at a, a few performances, but then like they never came back, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm sure, I'm sure they're fine. So, what does that mean, mom? Yeah, they're like, oh, you're doing great, honey. You're doing great. <laughs> um, so it, it's funny you say follow the fear. You know Jordan Moffat. Yeah, he he's been on the show, and and one of the things he he said to me that scared the shit out of me just this idea that he he'll sometimes said he he'll be on the sidelines and he'll think of an idea. But he'll just reject that idea and walk out with nothing just to push himself to yeah. think even further on his feet. And like the thought of doing that scares me so much. But that means you got to try it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the most I've done with that, uh, with one of the groups I worked with um, really early on uh, in sensitivity training, they're like the first yeah. group of dudes I worked with way back when Ottawa just barely had any improv. Um one of their favorite things was that being like uh, mostly for games. So like uh, yeah. world's worst or stuff like that. It'd be like no dead air. That's our challenge. And then we go out there and you could walk out. You have no idea. And you just start talking. And then we found a joke yeah. every time as yeah. either a group or maybe a, just That's a couple individuals. And such it's liberating. Good practice. It's so fun. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it scares me so much. Yeah. So start with the games yeah, before yeah. going into scenes with just walking out and being yeah. like, I, I, I had an idea. <laughs> um, you also act. Yes. Tell me about that. What what, what kind of stuff have you done and, and like where did that come from? Uh, well, I studied acting in oh, university. Oh, so uh, yeah, I start with university acting, uh, moving on to a variety of different things. So I mostly plays. Okay. Uh, I've done a few commercials here and there. This few, guy loves the stage. Yeah, I love the stage yeah. too. Uh, just the stage is where it needs to be. But uh, yeah, I've tried... Uh, film and television kind of things like there's always a, a small indie movie in Ottawa and sometimes a huge one that uh, you notice every actor in Ottawa is in the same way you're like, oh <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm, oh, hey I'm an extra today oh yeah of course yeah um and then moving on from there I, I somehow fell into wanting to try more clown and that happened after university ironically it was a university clown show. I'm like, oh, of course, the year I graduate yeah, is yeah. The, the year they do it. Uh, so I, I showed up to audition anyways, because why not? Okay. And got into it and learned to juggle. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I, this is a neat uh, pursuit. And then eventually that somehow, after a really bad job of like selling knives, uh, <laughs> I get an offer to sell magic. And then I get well, I taught some magic tricks from a magician I met. And of course, then I start 
doing birthday parties, like all within the, the length of a year. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm a magician now. Yeah. Well, that was fast. <laughs> I, is that how life works? But that's not the typical progression for an improviser. I have no idea. What is the typical I don't know. <laughs> Do sketch, like that's you do sketch, and then quit and think, oh, and then realize, ah, oh, I don't have the production skills to <laughs> to do more sketch because I have to make money. Yeah, um, I want to go back to clowning just yeah, because it's for people who are inter- improvisers who listen to this podcast. I, you're troopers, and I love you. Uh, but it's so interesting to me because as an improviser, one of the things that you get called out a lot on is you're just standing in place. You're not using your body to mm-hmm. help you in the scene. Um, the concept of like talking heads, like yeah, you're not you're physicalizing just, enough. Yeah. And so a lot of times improvisers will look at people who are really physical and think, Oh, I wish I could do that. Like some people are really funny, mm-hmm. but they don't use their body. Some people are, are very like physical mm-hmm. and they're funny too, but it's just, you know, it's, it's, I think every, every time people are looking at the other and like, oh, I wish I was more like that person or like, you know, like, yeah, I, like there's, you see someone else's skill set. And yeah. You're like, oh, that's really cool. How do I do that? So did clowning help you like do bet get better at object work and get better at physical stuff? Uh, Yeah. Cl- clowning got me really good at timing. I okay. find that you, you learn the beats and the structure of just how. Because uh, like uh, mime and physicalization is very much like dance. You learn that there are beats, timing, yeah. and how it fits into a scene, like where to look and just how to be really clear in how you mime instead of it being like you're looking everywhere. I, I know this is a podcast and I'm shaking my head for no reason, but you're looking <laughs> he everywhere. He was looking everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking everywhere, uh, you, you do a, a quick look or, or you yeah. really make it focused. And it, it just helps you with those uh, refining those skills for sure. I, I was not good at stuff on camera, but I remember them talking like um, them saying you when you're on camera, every eye movement and every like, yeah, it, it's so slight, but the camera obviously magnifies it. So to, they notice everything. Yeah. So you have to really be conscious of every single movement you make. So I don't do film anymore. <laughs> you're too big. You're too big. I'm like, I was. Oh, yeah. Theater. Right. Yeah. I am ruined. <laughs> that I mean, that's why it's cool when people go from. We were talking about Ali Wong earlier in the episode who does stand up, right, to transition to film. Right. Or people who do stage film, stage film. Like, yeah, you have to. It's a different skill set yeah, for you each. Gotta work at it for sure. Yeah. It's not just jumping from one to the other. Yeah. I So I've never done clowning, but what I can say is I'm likely jealous of your physicality. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so w- I guess my question is kind of like young young Mike in high school. Yeah, he was there. Were were you an outgoing funny guy that people said, hey, you're funny, you should do improv, or were you... Oh, no, I was the introvert. I was very quiet. Uh, I would always just draw, and and, but I would always say something funny at the right time. You had good comedic timing at at the age of seven. Whenever. (laughs) And uh, and I would say something, and they'd be like, oh, that was funny. I'm like, oh, it is? Oh, who knew? (laughs) Thank you for the validation. I needed it. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I was never really that outgoing and I, I definitely say that improv has helped me become just, you know, I guess a well-rounded human being. Yeah. <laughs> to be not socially awkward in all situations. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've learned that. Um, so you're talking about you're, you're a theater guy too. Yeah. And like f- for me now that I've really spent a lot of time focusing on comedy. Yeah. When I have a chance in a scene to be dramatic and serious and not funny, I just like relish in it. Do you like, do you get those opportunities and uh, like, or are you at heart? Are you, uh, no, I want to, I'm a comedian. I want to be funny. Oh, that just depends on the scene. That's like super, uh, that's like a case by case kind of situation. Like if the scene needs you to be dramatic, yeah, don't break the tension. Uh, If you're on a roll, like uh, I've done shows where we've made the audience cry and this is like a Grimprov comedy show, like, but it was just, we got a little grim, a little dark and a little too real, I think, uh, at certain aspects. And our front row was crying and it was a Christmas show. It was was great. (laughs) There, there was a scene at Ottawa Improv Festival, I think two years ago, and it was, um, it was a two person troupe and they started out the scene by, um, they're like two siblings emptying out a fridge because their their parent had just passed away. And so the scene, the grounded part of it was so heavy. And they're talking about like the funeral. They're talking about, Oh, this is what mom would have wanted or that, you know, like this is 
this is uh, uh, two siblings. And then, but they would cut to these hilarious flashbacks about their life. Right. And it was so good because you had that stark contrast. Yeah. Good structure. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm drawing something with my hand, so it doesn't make sense, but it's kind of like if you have the volume at max on, on trying to be funny, trying to be loud, trying to be over the top, the whole scene, it, you get no laughs. Yeah. It's about, it's about going up and down and being able to like have those moments where you can kind of bring the scene down again. Yeah. And yeah, it's, but you have to learn that. Oh yeah. There's a terrifying game just for that. Uh, We, we played it at auto U a bunch of times. It was, uh, I think, I think we called it the jerk. I'm sure it has a real name, but like all improv games and stuff, but it's that classic one where it's one person in the circle of a, a bunch of people and they just have to keep your attention. And if they, if you get bored or you think of something as you're an observer on the outside circle, you either leave the room or turn around yeah. something like that. Yeah. So you learn, Oh, I, I can't just keep going on the same intensity each yeah. time. And you can't just make something uh, predictable because if it, someone predicts it, they're like, Oh, well, I'm not watching. I'm thinking what they're going to do. I've sure. already done. But if, the if it's unpredictable and it's got this ebb and flow, I'm making a sine wave with my hand, uh, <laughs> ebb and flow up and down, yeah. then uh, you find out what uh, grabs people's attention and how you can use that to your advantage in a scene. And it's a valuable training tool. But my God, like if you give that to like new improvisers, they, they're sure. terrified because they're like, ah, ah. yeah, you get so afraid of silence on stage. Oh, yeah. You think this silence of a second has been 10 minutes yep. and but but as you kind of get more comfortable in that silence, you, get to you enjoy them. You enjoy, oh, it. you enjoy them so yeah. much. Uh, I find yeah, I find that really funny. The first few classes you take are the first kind of you know per, number of performances. You think I this audience is here to laugh. I need to just give it the whole time. Yeah, and you like over try. Oh you, my you goodness! Just like give everything you you got. And you're like I don't, I don't know what to do. It's such not a, laughing. It's oh, such a misnomer happened? though, telling people. Don't be funny, and then they're funny, but it. But it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, play the scene, be natural. Uh, uh, always just, it's really about listening to your partner and just going with that first uh, spark of inspiration. Uh, I always tell my students that uh, that first idea in your head is always original because you thought of it. No one else did. For sure. Even if it is predictable, like in a storyline, like, yeah. oh, uh, that's a, a princess. Oh, there's a dragon. Oh, but everyone's on the same page then if it's predictable. And then you get to add those details that make it unpredictable because now yeah. that dragon has a mustache and now we have to figure out why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Do you have anything you want to promo? Tell us about Grimprov. Is there a performance coming up for Grimprov? Uh, yeah, at the end of the month. Uh, we always do it the first and last Wednesday of the month okay. at the office uh, pub and resto bar, uh, 202 Spark Street, basically. Awesome. Uh, we do it there at 8 o'clock first Wednesday and last Wednesday of the month. It's usually experimental, something weird, something crazy. I think we did the last one we did was something about, um, it was a like Saturday morning group. We did like children's cartoon shows. And of course we had commercials that contradicted everything that the children's cartoon shows were teaching you. And, and we had some, some good times there. Amazing. I think that's where the snake came from. I'm pretty sure it was some, <laughs> I think he was, yeah, he had like a snake and a helicopter. See, trying to explain yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then, uh, and then you're doing some fringe stuff. So yep. this comes out on Monday so people can catch you after Monday. Yeah, of course. Uh, Fringe runs basically from June 13th to about the 23rd or so. Okay. Uh, that last Sunday kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I'll be in Timmy the Dog Disappears by Black Sheep Theater and, and Ex-Demonators, which will be at Lab O. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. All it was right. a lot of fun. Today's episode was recorded in Ottawa, Ontario at Pop-Up Podcasting, featuring Christina Muehlberger and Ryan Mulligan, recorded by J.P. Davidson, and featuring music by Nikolai Haidless, Mr. Gavin, and Fox Beat Music, all available on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.